You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. What a bloody delight it is to be sharing this time with you today on the Bride Chiller Podcast. It's Alicia here. This is episode 398. Shit, a brick. Nearly at 400. Nearly at the five-year mark of making this show, which is completely wackadoodle crazy. And I cannot tell you how many times when I say to new people in my life that I meet IRL and say, oh, I do a wedding planning podcast. And like, great, how long have you been doing that for? Not that interested. And I say, yeah, nearly five years. And like, my God, have you run out of things to talk about? And I'm like, no, because new things come up all the time and I bloody love it. So there it is. If you're new to the show, welcome. Too much energy. Oh, you can hear my running pants, my running trousers on this fucking uncomfortable stool I've got in my voiceover booth. Oh, my booth. Rich and I, my husband and I, are moving countries in a couple of weeks and we have this amazing setup in our apartment in London. I'm Australian, if you didn't know. Couldn't get the idea of the accent. But we've been living in London for six years and we converted a storage cupboard into a voiceover booth. And it's my special place to go and just scream if I want to because no one can hear it fuck, I'm going to miss it so much, to go back to just having a microphone and sitting in a cupboard wherever we end up. Going to be really sad about it, but also I've got a really uncomfortable stool in here that I fucking hate sitting on, so it makes me do my work quicker. What a boring story, but there you go. Today's episode is all about you. I ask our lovely listeners, bride chillers and groom chillers, or just chillers if you prefer to uh, cut the other things off, uh, to uh, making lots of weird mouth noises today. Sorry about that. To write in. No, I don't ask them to write in. Well, you can write, but to leave me a voice message. It sounds like I'm on drugs today. I'm on drugs. I'm not. The world doesn't need me on drugs. I can tell you that. What was I saying? The idea is you leave me voice messages with a question, thought, conundrum, and I hopefully provide some solace or just really my opinion on what you may want to do. You don't have to take it in. I'm not going to be offended if you don't agree with me because that's life. That's reality. I'm doing my best. That's all I can do. By the way, I have no formal wedding planning qualifications. I'm a comedian and TV producer. That's what I do well. I think I do this well, but who knows? Radio. the first voice message is from Bride Chiller Lauren. Hi, Alicia. My name is Lauren, and I'm a Bride Chiller from Michigan in the U.S. Thank you so much for your podcast. Every time I listen, I feel like I'm getting a pep talk and some solid laughter therapy. You are amazing. My fiancé and I are planning to get married in the late summer or early fall of 2020. We're dealing with some serious wed stress right now and deciding between two venues that we really, really love. We've done pros and cons, revisited both venues, and completed a line-by-line budget comparison. Spoiler alert, they both work out to almost the same cost. They are also both a similar travel distance for our families coming from out of town. I know this probably sounds like a good problem to have, but we just want to be able to make a decision and move on. Let me tell you a bit more about the two venues in case that helps. This past March, we actually already booked venue one for a Saturday in the early fall of 2020. It's located about an hour from where we currently live. The venue is a five-minute walk to a gorgeous beach on a large lake where we would have our ceremony. The reception space is a lovely contemporary ballroom that was actually built on the site of a former amusement park. They even have a carousel that we can wrap for our cocktail hour. Super fun. 
It also has a small outdoor space with a partial view of the lake. The overall vibe is a super fun, slightly quirky celebration and a charming destination beach town. Also important to note, if we do cancel, we will most likely get almost all of our deposit back um, as long as they can rebook our date, which is pretty likely this far in advance. On to venue two. Over the summer, we decided to reduce our guest list and began looking for more intimate venues. We came across venue two, which is actually located in the town where we live. This space is modern and elegant, and it's located directly on a smaller lake. Our ceremony would be on a patio overlooking the lake right next to the cocktail hour and reception space. The reception space opens up to the patio for an indoor-outdoor dance floor, yard games, and a fire pit. A little bit sappy, but also (laughs) this is the town where we first met in college. So having our wedding here would give us the chance to have our first look in the place where we first met, stop at our favorite brewery, and maybe even go to our favorite beach for some pictures. The overall vibe with Venue 2 is a personal, modern, and romantic evening with a backyard on the lake kind of feel. Venue 2 has a couple of Fridays available next year, but I'm worried that if we don't make the choice soon, they'll book up. At this point, my fiance is leaning a bit more toward Venue 1. I'm leaning a bit more toward Venue 2, and I'm feeling stuck, stressed, and very unchilla about all of this. Help! I would love to hear any advice that you would have on how to decide between two great options and make a choice that aligns with our priorities. When it all comes down to it, I just can't wait to marry my fiance and celebrate with our close family and friends. I could see this happening in either place. We just need to make a choice. Thank you so much, Alicia. Happy days. Lauren, I sort of love this conundrum because I think you're in a really good position, which you have admitted that you have two options. Sometimes it can be worse when you're like, fuck, I've got nowhere. We're going to get married in on the middle of the street somewhere. Have you got a permit for that? No. Well, you can't. So it's good to have those options. Now, my initial response, I'm just going to go for it. Shoot by the, shoot from, shoot by, shoot from the hip is the first one you have booked. You've made that decision and it makes me question why you then proceeded to look at this second option and it sounds like you are really considering it. So I suppose my first thing is why you have proceeded to look elsewhere and it sounds like number two is really emotionally something that connects with you. I love that you have those those sort of moments that you can go and share together on the wedding day which is important that are significant to you from your past. I'm proud of you for proing and conning it because that is my favorite thing to do. Just get that bit of paper out and put the line down the middle and say, what are the benefits? What are the pros and cons? And clearly you've done that for both and they both come up equally. But there has to be something, there has to be something that you close your eyes and you picture the day, you know, where is that place? There has to be something that differentiates them. When you first talked about the number one and you're like it's quirky you can go and have the carousel photos I was like oh that sounds so fun but when you talked about the second one I just feel like the heart is more connected to second so look my response is from the limited time we've spent together all one minute and 30 seconds of your message my heart says go for number two because you're you just seem more connected to it it also seems a little bit more convenient for the the size of your group when you said you've downsized the guest list a little bit that's nice as well. Have it a bit more sort of intimate and feeling a little bit more familiar to you. Am I right? I don't know. Probably not. It's your decision to make, but I hope I've given you a little bit of something, something to think about. 
Hey Alicia, my name is Haley. I'm from Oakville, Ontario, Canada. I'm getting married June 20th, 2020, so it's coming up really soon and I'm really excited. Yay! So I've been friends with this girl for a while. Her mom's boyfriend is actually my uncle, so we're kind of like family. She's a fantastic makeup artist, so naturally I asked her if she could do my makeup for my wedding and also be a guest, and she's like, yeah, no worries, great. Then we planned on the trial run to be for the engagement party. She texted me the night before saying she has a family issue come up at home and can't come to the party at all. I'm disappointed, but, you know, I understand completely things happen. Then I hear through the grapevine that the invite for the engagement party, which was addressed to her, her mom, and my uncle, was not even passed on to them, and they actually had no idea the event was even happening. Is it shady? Is it neglectful? I don't know. So fast forward to last month, I sent out my safe dates. She sent me a message a couple weeks later saying, hey, I don't know if this was obvious or not, but I only saw, you know, my mom's name, her boyfriend's name, and my name on the invite. Is it okay if I bring a plus one? So look, I immediately said yes, because I don't like confrontation. But in my gut, I was like, whoa, that's kind of rude. And after the engagement party fiasco, really? But also, I have no idea who she's planning on bringing which is not great on my part, guys. Like, don't neglect your friends or at least know if they're seeing someone. So since all this, I decided, you know what, I'm going to find another makeup artist, someone I can rely on, which I think is pretty fair. But here's my question. Even though I feel like she's been pretty disrespectful to me and things that have happened, you know, in the past couple months or so, can I take back her plus one or should I just accept it and move on? Thanks a million. Your podcast is absolutely amazing. I love listening to it. Have a beautiful day. Haley, I made some notes when I was listening to your voice message. And my first note was get rid of the makeup artist and not in a mean way. I'm just a big believer when you're hiring wedding vendors, whether you know them personally or not, you need to, well, you need to be able to rely on them. And if she has let you down, and I do think when you're working with frienders, which is what we have sort of termed in the wedding industry, I'm not really part of the wedding industry, but I'm the peripheral peripheral of the wedding industry, that frienders can be great. I'm not against hiring people that you have connections with in real life that may be uh, running side hustles or are trying to transition into being a full-time wedding vendor. But you do need to be aware that they need to be treating you like a professional client. And if they're going to let you down, then for me, it's just warning bills. It's just saying they don't respect my time. And look, yes, she may have had a family emergency. I'm sorry to hear that. But also, don't let me down. This was a trial and that sucks. So good on you for making that decision. Now, The taking back of the plus one is contentious. I question the fact that she's invited someone that you don't know. I know this is something that isn't uncommon. I think it's weird in a way because I'm a great believer that you should know everyone who you're inviting to your wedding. You shouldn't have to do introductions on a wedding day. I think that's just strange. But it's a thing. I get it. There's, I was going to say no judgment, even though I've just judged, but it is can be tricky. And I think if you don't know who this person is, you're well in your rights to ask, who's your plus one? Do I know this person? Because if it's just some rando that she's met on Tinder or something, then I feel like you might be able to then step back and go, listen, I don't feel that comfortable. I'm going to rescind the plus one. I know people are probably listening going, Alicia, that's very controversial. You can't just remove a guest invitation. But also, fuck it, it's your wedding, you can. Also, Hayley, you mentioned something that I really piqued my interest in, you said, because I don't like confrontation. And 
I want to assure you this is totally normal and 99% of people listening will also agree with you that they don't like confrontation. But I want to encourage you to step back and not think of it as a fight or having to be in an uncomfortable situation, which you may have to be. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But a big part of Bride Chiller for me, and this has been a personal development as well as being able to share this with lovely listeners all over the world, is that I think weddings are a really good time to start asserting yourself in a way that you deserve to assert yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have to have an earrings out Real Housewives style fucking fight. For me, it's just about being able to step up and assert myself and just say, actually, I'm a little disappointed with the way that you let me down with the engagement party. And I probably said yes too quickly with the plus one and I'm regretting it. So I just want to be able to have a conversation with you and hope that we can come to a conclusion. If it's someone I know, that's fine, but I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Can we just talk it out? And I think if you can approach a discussion with an objective in your mind of what you want to get out of it, what you want to achieve, and maybe it's just having a conversation with her and just really saying how uncomfortable you feel about it all and being honest, she might say, oh, that's totally cool. I had no idea. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'll go on my Tinder date another fucking time. Or if she arcs up, then I suppose it's a matter of having that conversation with her, allowing her to be a dick but then it also gives you good ammunition to say, well, this isn't how I wanted it to go down. Can we come to some sort of resolution that is good for both of us? But I just want you to know how I feel. My bride chiller homework to everyone listening this week is when you decide not to say something, and it might be in a restaurant when you're eating a crappy plate of food that you've paid for and the waiter or waitress comes by and says, how's the meal? And you're like, it's great. I fucking hate it, but you don't want to say it then you could just reassert yourself by saying, um, thank you so much. It's not quite meeting my expectations. I'd like it hotter. Or I ordered chicken, not tuna, but you've given it to me and I'm too pussy to then say something. It feels so good when you step over that boundary and you say something politely, kindly, but also assertively. It's powerful. It's a fucking great feeling. And it's a really good feeling when the other person's like, oh, I had no idea. I, I sorry, I, I wrote down tuna and I see that you meant chicken. I remember you said it. Apologies, I'll get you some chicken. Or with this woman saying, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't, perhaps I overstepped the mark of inviting the plus one. I understand, absolutely, thank you. And if she doesn't, fuck you very much. There you go. I, that's my thing for everyone this week. I can do it more often. I should do it more often. And when I have done it in the past, I've been really fucking proud of myself. And also, you feel better and you're not then having that imaginary discussion with the person in the shower. This is what I do. I have those fights where I go, God, I should have said something. Like the jerk store, George Costanza. I don't want to replay that over and over again. And one way to not replay something over and over again is to have the conversation, get it off the table, clear it, move on with your life. Hi, Alicia. This is Bride Chilla Anna, and I just received my field guide in the mail. But I realized that there's about 10 pages for planning out the alcohol for your wedding, and I can't find a single page for planning out the food. <laughs> my venue doesn't provide food, so I need space to plan this out. There's plenty of pages to do that, but is my field guide missing some pages here? What's up with that? <laughs> Thanks for the podcast. I love, love, love it. And I love you. And 
I just think I might be missing some pages from my field guide. Let me know. <laughs> All right, thanks. So Brightula Anna also emailed me because she is uh, doing some self-catering. And it's really great that she let us know this because we are in the midst of publishing the third edition of the Bride Chiller Planner and Organizer. That's our field guide. It's the book that you write all your stuff in. And we, because of Anna's voice message and email, we've added a whole section about self-catering. We've added more notes for you to be able to plan your menu out. So I'm really grateful for this feedback because we're independent publishers. We can jump into that InDesign file, we can tweak it, we can update it, and then we can send it to our printers for the next print run, and it just makes it a lot more versatile. So thank you for your feedback, and thank you for sharing, and I'm really grateful that you've invested in the Bride Chiller Guides, and I love, love, love hearing and seeing um, where you use the guides. If you are a Bride Chiller Guide owner, these are our wedding planning guides, then tag me on Instagram or post a photo on Facebook. Make sure I see it. I'm always excited because Rich and I are just a two-man lady team. He's a man and I'm a lady. We're a team and we put these together and I think sometimes people assume that we're a big marketing publishing team and I think that's fucking great, but we're not. So when you tag me, we do a little dance around our around our lounge room and of course we high five when our little Shopify bing when you buy a book it makes a noise a little cha-ching noise and Rich and I high five and we dance so thank you thank you Anna and thank you everyone little Momo for a break now little Momo just taking a Momo and then uh, after the break we have questions we've got four more questions I'm going to cram into this episode not cram I'm going to give them the time they need but I've got a lot in the back catalogue of voice messages that you are sending through. I'm very grateful. So uh, I'm going to make sure I'm a bit speedier. I know I can dawdle. I can dawdle. I don't want to dawdle. Come back after this. Our friends at Zola.com aren't just a wedding registry. They have so many other options available to help you plan your wedding. From wedding websites to printable invitations and stationery, Zola have got you covered. And with over 90,000 five-star reviews from couples and guests, you know you are in safe hands when you work with Zola.com. If you are planning a winter wedding, I had a winter wedding, I bloody love winter weddings, then it is time to think about your invitations and stationery. Zola.com have thousands of invitation designs for every style and color scheme. Their prices are super friendly and you can also coordinate your stationery and invitations and paper packages with your wedding website so everything matches and looks fabulous. Remember to link everything up so you can manage your head Accounts and RSVPs, as well, of course, as linking your wedding registry. To receive 30% off your invites and paper order, all you need to do is go to Zola, Z-O-L-A.com slash bridechiller, and you will get 30% off your invitations and paper order. That is Zola.com slash bridechiller for 30% off your invites and paper order. 
I really enjoy working with companies and brands who are changing the game in their industry and I can absolutely attest to the fact that Noemi are doing just that. When it comes to creating gorgeous jewellery at affordable prices, they are the leader of the pack. Most major jewellery brands mark up their products up to 10 times the actual cost. Noemi doesn't do that because they make all of their jewellery in-house so that they're able to provide you the finest quality jewellery at a fraction of traditional retail prices. If you are tired of sticker shock and markups and middlemen, then giving your business to a company like Noemi is an absolute delight. I can attest to this. I own a piece of Noemi jewellery, a gorgeous baguette diamond ring that sits next to my engagement and wedding ring. And I love, love, love it. And as an international customer to Noemi, I can absolutely attest to the fact that their customer service was spot on. Shipping was super fast. It came in really lovely packaging. And if you are in the US, you get free overnight shipping and returns for 60 days, which means even if you buy an engraved piece of jewellery, Noemi are happy to offer refunds. Buying your wedding jewellery has never been easier and they make jewellery that lasts a lifetime. These are future heirlooms. If you would like to check out the gorgeous Noemi range, all you need to do is visit Hello Noemi, which is N-O-E-M-I-E dot com and be sure to use the special promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. That's HelloNoemi.com and use the special promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. And remember, Noemi ship internationally. They offer extraordinary service that combines fine jewellery, expertise and personalised attention. What more could you want? Hi, Alicia. This is Anne from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I first heard about your podcast through The Secret Life of Weddings. Now, I guess I have a bit of a serious question here. I know I hear a lot of people tell me, it's your wedding, it's your day, you make it how you want it to be. But I think maybe in my family's culture, there's a lot more of an expectation to maintain a reputation so to speak. Um, I'm really struggling right now with trying to book a ceremony at a church because A, either I have to be registered for it or, or in other instances, I've been told I have to reach out to this church to get permission to be married at a different church. And it just all seems so bureaucratic and exhausting. And none of it is what myself and my fiance wants we're just doing it to please my parents and not get shamed on by our relatives and that also goes for things like obligation guests pretty much 90% of my guest lists are just people I have to invite not people I want to invite I guess maybe I'm just kind of wondering how I can continue to feel excited for my wedding when essentially I'm just doing most mostly things that is not what we want and we just do it because we basically have to so we don't get well ourselves and our family doesn't get bashed by our own family and relatives any advice would be lovely thank you so much And I'm sorry that you are feeling this pressure, firstly. 
it really sucks when you feel like this is your opportunity to do your thing and then certain people and certain influences come in and change that. I want to really thank you for your honesty and openness. And also I want to acknowledge that it's very easy for me to sit in my booth, my lovely, lovely booth that I'll miss very much, and just say, do whatever you want. Follow your heart. And that's great for a lot of people. But I also want to acknowledge that is not possible for everyone to do. But what you can do, Anne, is find aspects and moments of your wedding that you can control and find details that really make you happy and focus on those. I wish, wish, wish over anything that I had a magic wand to come in and fix this situation to make you happy and make sure that these bigger, you know, details like the church and it sounds like the venue um, are more in your hands, but it doesn't sound like that's a possibility for you, which I'm disappointed for you in that part. And I'm disappointed in churches. I know they went fucking churches, sorry, but just bureaucracy, as you mentioned, making it difficult for you to book things. I hear this over and over again, and I think it's really old school, but it's also just not very inviting for people to want to be planning events. And I'm, this is not about religion. I'm not church bashing. I'm just more bashing the idea that they're making Anne go from church to church to get recommendations. She just wants to get married. She just wants it to be easier. There has to be an easier way. So Anne, I'm sorry for that. I do think you should focus more on the things that bring you joy. Marie Kondo, the shit out of it. Find these little aspects that you can dial up, you know, make them a really Anne and Anne's partner, I'm sorry, I don't know Anne's partner's name, moment. And then also when you do finally get into the church, when they respond to a freaking email, that you can then say to them, how how can we make this ceremony a little more personalized? There are, this, and now I'm going to give some good things about churches, there are plenty of ministers fathers, vicars, I'm not going to name them all, you know what I mean, church leaders who are very open-minded and forward-thinking in making the ceremony more personal, adding personal aspects, still doing the traditional stuff, but adding it, not just doing the word for word, let's read out of this book, we've got any heart in it. Oh my gosh, I just heard my own stomach growl, and I'm really sorry about having that serious moment, and my stomach's like, this is why I've got a beautiful, sexy microphone in a booth, because you can hear my tummy growling. And be strong. And please let me know how you go. And again, I want to say to everyone who may be guiding or being guided a little bit more than me just going, just be free, be easy, everything's great, that I totally get it. I understand. I think it's a matter of just being able to pick and choose what you can do to make your wedding what you want it to be and not feel that pressure from family and friends and judgmental people because I know it's hard to step away and there is no magic solution. But just chip away at them chip away. It's going to be okay. Hi, Alicia. I love your podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you for starting the podcast. And it's been very helpful for the entire time I've been listening. I've been listening for a couple of months now, and I feel like I've listened to most of the podcast and it's been a huge help. Um, Because of that, I would really appreciate your advice on a bit of a sticky situation regarding my aunt and my grandmother. Um, bit of a backstory. These people have been in my life for, you know, major milestones. They helped put me through college. They helped me get my first car when my parents weren't able to. Um, but generally, they always made it about them and what they did for us and how more or less we owe them. Um, always strings attached. 
Um, I love my grandmother, even though she hasn't been the nicest person, but my aunt and I are kind of on a very tense relationship right now. And they do live together, so that's what makes this really complicated, is that they're several states over. And a few months ago, my aunt and my grandmother both sent me a message out of the blue saying that um, they're very Christian now and that they're very disappointed in me for my life choices, basically, of not being Christian. And because of this, I'm of the devil and other very dramatic out of the blue statements, um, most of which were very hurtful. And it was mostly led by my aunt. My grandmother ended this argument with how she still loves me, but she's very disappointed in my life choices. Whereas my aunt ended the argument with she is, she's wanting to disown me, basically, like she does not want me in her life. So to further complicate this, now my little brother lives with them. Now, I want to send my grandmother an invitation and invite her to the wedding, but I really do not want my aunt there. And I already know that if I invite my grandmother and not my aunt, it's going to start an argument. If I invite both of them and they show up the day of, they might start a fight. I already have several bridesmaids that said they'll kick them out if that's the case. Um, they might not even come, but if I don't invite them, it's also going to start an argument. I basically lose either way. And I'm kind of used to this, but at the same time, I really do not want drama at my wedding. And I do not want drama after because I didn't invite them. So I really don't know what to do. I would really appreciate your insight because you're very down to earth and you really just cut to the chase. And I'd really appreciate how you handle things and your take on this. So thank you very much and happy days. Oh, Melissa, yes, this is a conundrum, and I've got some thoughts. It doesn't sound like your aunt is going to change her attitude, and I'm sad for her. I'm sad that she has found this way to upset you like this, and also just really isolate herself from the, sounds like, the rest of the family, and also then bring your grandmother along for the ride with her. That sucks. I realize you your grandmother's probably an independent person, but then you don't know with old people. Sometimes it's easier for people to get in their heads, especially if they're spending a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. As you said, they live together, so that's a shame. I agree with you. There's no one easy solution to this sort of situation. I've had questions like this before on the podcast where we've had relatives that are very close to one member of the family and then the rest of the family's not talking to them, so who do you invite? There is no right answer to this, but listening back to your message, I've listened a couple of times like a stalker. I really get the sense that you don't vibe with your aunt and you have a connection with your grandmother. So I'm wondering if you could phone her, phone your grandmother and have a conversation, potentially when your aunt isn't in the house. I don't know if you can time that. I don't know if there is some sort of she goes to work and your grandmother's home or if she's always there. But as with my advice to Haley about stepping up and having a conversation and maybe pushing the boundaries of comfort a little bit, maybe the first step is to have that discussion with grandma and just sort of say, look, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. I feel really judged and it's really hurting my feelings. We would absolutely love to share this special day with you and to have you there but I'm not feeling comfortable with aunt fucking dodo here and her bad vibes and then ask grandma what she would do I think it's sometimes good if you can turn the question onto the other person and say what would you do in my position she's making me feel really bad and I don't think 
my wedding should be somewhere that I invite someone that makes me feel like this. How would you cope with this? Now, grandma might just say, no, you should invite both of us. Don't be silly. And that will bring you back to this position. But she might also say, I didn't realize this is being such a stressful time for you. I didn't realize this is causing you so much hurt. I'm sorry. Or is there a way we can fix this? Or I really want to come to your wedding. I'll leave Dodo at home, whatever. I just think if you can continue the conversation a little bit and be a bit vulnerable and really fucking milk that shit and see what happens, that that would be a first step. My other step is brutal, but to say, don't invite both of them. If you think they're going to go to your wedding and shit stir and be a problem, yes, it's brutal. Yes, it's hardcore. But also, you don't want to be on edge the whole day waiting for someone to cause problems. Final thought, hypothetical, obviously, because you are not on the other end of the phone, Melissa, but I would ask you... Are there other friends and family members that if these two did show up, these two, it's your aunt and grandmother, I'm not there's some random people, if they did come to the wedding beyond bridesmaids, I don't think you should get bridesmaids in to, you know, stop fistfights or whatever you think they might be doing. Are there people that can monitor this? Do you have a planner or coordinator that can keep an eye on family situations? I've had lots of vendors on recently who say that's a big part of their job that no one ever talks about is sort of saying, okay... Aunt Dodo's here and she is problematic. We don't know how she's going to react. She doesn't get along with some of the other family members. Can you just keep a watchful eye on them? And if there are issues, have a polite nudge to take a hike or cool off outside and stop being an idiot. They would say that nicer than I would, obviously. Hi, Alicia. Megan here from the States. Um, I just started listening to Bridechilla and I'm absolutely obsessed. I have a a, uh, note in my phone that is just your words of wisdom uh, to keep me grounded as I go about this process. Um, I'll get to my question now. I have a floral vendor who is someone that I used to work with. This was probably two years ago, but after we worked together um, in retail, she opened her own floral business and I adore her. I adore her work, um, but we hadn't really stayed in contact until I got engaged and wanted to use her for floral. So my question is, is because we have a connection going back a few years um does she get invited to the wedding um because she is my friend and we have this previous relationship um if she if we weren't if she wasn't doing my flowers though I wouldn't be putting her on the guest list so I'm just not sure how to proceed with this specific vendor Um, Any wisdom and advice that you have or any of your incredible guests have, I am waiting on pins and needles to hear it. Thank you so much, and thank you for helping us, bride chillas, uh, stay stress-free and make sure things that need to go in the fuck it bucket go in the fuck it bucket. (laughs) Thanks so much, Alicia. Megan, you freaking legend. I, You're the first person that said that they keep phone notes of things that I say. My goodness, I'd love to see those notes. What the fuck have I said that is phone note worthy? Actually, phone notes is a really good podcast idea. Note to self, just getting people to read their random phone notes, things that they think are important that then stay in the notes for the next 55 years. I'd listen to that. Now, Megan, thank you. That's very, I'm very flattered. Very, very flattered. Now to your question about your floral designer florist friend slash ex-colleague and her doing your wedding flowers. That's great that you've got a connection to someone who's branched out and is doing their own thing. 
I do think the fact you said, I probably wouldn't have invited her had she not been involved in designing our wedding florals is a big... It's a weird noise. That's a big warning for me to say, look, perhaps, as because she's also a professional florist, that you are hiring her to do the job. You know, she's not doing it for free. It didn't sound like she was doing it for free. She's going to be hired and she's working as a vendor. So I think if you treat her as a lovely, friendly vendor that you have further connections with beyond just meeting them for this one lovely event, then I think you're cool. I don't know if she would be expecting to be invited. And if you haven't stayed in contact with her, you're not regularly talking, you're not going out for wine night every week, then I think it's fine. Let's just treat this relationship as a friendly but also a business relationship, then I think you are absolutely a-okay to do that. Megan, you are very mindful and lovely for even asking that question. You're fabulous and thank you so much for listening to the show and your phone notes. Yes. Before I head to the last question of this episode of Bride Chiller, I want to thank you everyone who is sharing and uh, connecting their friends to the Bride Chiller podcast. Lots of people write in their reviews that they heard from a friend and I really appreciate that word of mouth. And also, thank you very much for purchasing the Bride Chiller wedding planning guides. These are physical books and we're so proud of them. You can get them at bridechillerstore.com and uh, also on Amazon in the US, Canada, UK and Australia at the moment we are trying to expand to new markets for Bridechilla world domination. Insert evil Bridechilla laugh here. It's more Sesame Street than evil really, isn't it? Bridechilla Amanda gets the final Q&A slot, but I will say if you have a question and you are really keen for me to answer it or one of my lovely guests who may be able to help solve your problem, then do visit thebridechiller.com, which is our blog. It's the headquarters where you can read all of the blogs that go with each episode of the show. If you're looking for a link that you think I've said and you're like, oh, Alicia, I can't find it. It was in this episode. It was about dresses or something. I don't know to find it, then search on thebridechiller.com. The search function's really handy and you can find the episode and also the links that I've talked about. So uh, there it is, thebridechiller.com. You can leave a voice message and I may feature it on the show. Here is Bridechiller Amanda. Hey, my name's Amanda and I have a dilemma. So I took charge of planning my own bachelorette party because why not? Um, and the problem I'm running into is majority of our bridal party is up here local to me, but then there are two members of my bridal party that are in another state. So they're a couple thousand miles away versus most of us being here together. So my question is, how can you fairly compromise where to have the bachelorette party as well as making sure everyone can attend the bachelorette party? My concern is that if we stay local, they won't be able to come because it's too much to fly up here. But in order for us to go down there, it's going to be super expensive for us all to fly down there, plus having to pay for hotel room and all that. So any advice or input you could provide on this would be awesome because I'm stumped and I want to make everybody happy and not have people miss out on it. Happy days. 
Amanda, 10 gold bridechiller stars for doing your own bachelorette party. It can be tricky, but also it's great if you enjoy the challenge and then <laughs> you get to these sort of situations where you're like, shit, what do I do? How do I keep everyone happy? The answer is you can't keep everyone happy because that's life and that's, well, it's often impossible. However, it's nice that it's only two people. It's not nice. Just bear with me here. It's good it's only two people that need to travel the further distance. And I feel like there's a way that perhaps you can either give them plenty of notice. You could all chip in. I know this is controversial and I personally would be like, fuck, I don't want to pay for someone else's fucking airfares or train ticket or whatever, hire a car. But maybe it is saying, could everyone chip in? I hate that idea already. You could chip in and say, let's just help them out a little bit to get there. I think it's also something that you could maybe find one really simple ways to find some middle ground where everyone has to travel, also inconvenient for the majority of the people who are already in the location that you wish to have the bachelorette party. I feel the most simple solution may be for you just to say to the two gals that are living further away that you are planning to have the bachelorette in this location. Would they be interested in coming along? And if not, perhaps you could go to have a special weekend with just the two of them if they are that sort of close friendship group that are worth travelling for. Oh, that sounded awful. (laughs) Hi, you're not worth travelling for, but I'd like you to travel for me. (laughs) Wow, Alicia, mean. You didn't mention, Amanda, if they were bridesmaids or they were part of the bridal party because if they are, you could also incorporate a weekend of dress fittings or other events that might be good to just package together if you are then saying, hey, would you mind traveling? Is this a problem? I haven't really solved your problem. I'm so sorry. I want to be able to say just put it to them. They might just come and travel. You might just say to them, is this something that interests you? And they're like, yes, great. I've got plenty of frequent flyer points. I'll put it on points. I'll fly up. It's going to be great. Can't wait. And they might say, I'm poor. I'm sorry I can't make it, but I'll catch you next time. And that's A-OK. I think it's just a matter of remembering you cannot please everyone. You are fabulous. You're a goddess. People will probably want to travel to be with you. But just be honest and say, I realize this might be costly. I'm sorry to put you in this position. I'd love you to be there, but I don't want you to feel pressure. That's the nicest thing you can do. Right, my stomach is grumbling so much because it's lunchtime and I need to feed the guts. So whoever says feed the guts on a wedding podcast, wow. Would you expect anything differently? That's what makes me me. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I'm excited because next episode is 399, which then brings us to 400. Am I doing anything special for 400? Haven't yet. (laughs) It's also the week that we pack up and fly out of London. So fuck, let's just leave it all to the last second and see what happens. It's mystery show. Love, love, love all that you do. If you are interested in joining us on Facebook, we have a bunch of fantastic groups. We've got the Bride Chiller community. We've got Bride Chiller graduates for those who are moving on from wedding planning but still want to stay with Bride Chiller. We have Boss Chiller for workplace employment, side hustle chat, Mum Chiller, M-O-M, for new parents or parents-to-be or parents that are already parents. And uh, that's it. There's our four. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll join. Love to connect with everyone. Until next week, happy days. 
the Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. 